We All right, so we got, okay, let's get it popping here. You know what I mean? We got on the phone, calling from inside here, Tyshawn Riley. Um, a lot of stuff floating on around, around your name, and I want to be able to have a conversation here today where we clear up a few things. Yeah. Um, you're able to, you know, express a few of the different um, injustices that you feel that might have happened with you um, within, yeah. within your case, which is a really popular case. You know what I'm saying? Um, for the people who don't know, like, your name has been implicated in a lot of different things as far as with the Galloway boys and different things like that. And you're currently locked up in Quebec City right now. I was locked up in Quebec City, but they transferred me back over to Ontario. Okay, okay. And just for a little bit of, um, like, to skip ahead a little bit, why did they lock you up in Quebec City in the first place? Um, it, it, goes, it, it goes down the lines of more of the injustice that I face and I go through, right? Right. So they kicked me out of here and shit me over to Quebec for no reason whatsoever, but it's just part of their their gimmicks and their games, and they shit me way out to Quebec for no reason at all. That's crazy. So let's let's start even from the beginning a little bit, man. I want I want to go back, right? Um, Galloway, right? You're you're representing the. Um, I'll take, I'll the, take the I'll, let me take the positive out of going to Quebec, though. The positive out of going to Quebec, though, is yes. I French. I speak French now. I speak a whole new language that I never knew before. So I, I used my time wisely when I was out there, and I picked up the language of French. So I speak French right now. That's crazy. So just in that space of time, like how long did, were were you in Quebec for? In like during like um, throughout your journey, because you've been gone for like nineteen years, fam. Yeah, they had, me, they had me in Quebec for about 10 years. Wow. So in that 10-year span, you were able to learn French just from being around different inmates and stuff. Being around different inmates, I picked it up, but I also went to school and did it in school and did a Rosetta Stone class too, right? So I took the Rosetta Stone also, so it's perfected my French, right? Oh, that's positive, man. I, I, yeah. That's stuff that I like to hear, man. Yeah, you know, so I didn't waste my time. At least I made the best of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's go back a little bit before we before we move forward into this story here. Um, yeah. You're representing Galloway, or you're you're you know you grew up in the Galloway area, um, more uh, more specifically like Galloway Kingston Road area. Um, yeah. What was life like for you growing up, like preteen, getting into teenage times? It was like you know how it is in the ghetto, right? So it's kind of rough, you know, kind of mm-hmm. rough. And you're living, you're trying to make it through. You guys play basketball. I'm a basketball star, right? So it's like, I used to play basketball a lot and go to the boys and girls club. And we just grew up doing things outside, running around, having fun, doing things kids do, you know? But like at the same time, you know, you're out there doing the things you do as a kid and you still got to have running in little encounters with the law, right? It's like, they just like jump out and frisk you or just like basically target you, harass you. Regular, regular life in the, in the hood, right? And I'm pretty sure a lot of the kids and a lot of people who live in poverty and come from a neighborhood go through the same thing and could understand exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and like even from a young age, you were, you know, um, dealing with carding and different things like that, uh, different things like that that was going yeah. on around those times. What would you feel would be, like, what was the first time that you got locked up? Um, like, you know, wild times, I think I got locked up the first time I was like 13, 13 or 12 or something like that. Something like that, I think. 13. Wow. Was it for long? It was for like probably like a couple of days, a week or something like that. And then I got up. 
Okay, and even from that experience, like, what do you feel that um, that you learned from that experience, or do you think that it just made things worse? I think it has made things worse, right? Because they get you in the system from your young, and they put a charge on you, and then from your in the system, I just feel like that's just the open floodgates for them to start doing what they're doing, right? Mm. Yeah. So. So then yeah. even as you were growing up, right, you, you started, um, you know, you were on the streets, you're doing your thing, you're growing up in the area, but you also get started getting into music at the same time. Around what, yeah. when did you start getting into the music part? So for me personally, like, I haven't been a rapper my whole life and stuff like that, right? So I just used to be in the neighborhood and I wasn't a rapper. A lot of the guys were rappers and stuff like that. You see what I'm mm. saying? So I just started, like, following the wave a little bit, but I used to suck bad. I used to suck bad. I wasn't a rapper. She used to do have little freestyle sessions, and you know when you're when you first when you first start to rap and you can't rap, a lot of your swear words are just like swear words, right? Your rap is swear words, right? Yeah, because you can't put words together, right? So I'm saying, so basically, I did a I did a bit when I was 18 years old, and then when I was in there, I just said, you know, let me start let me start writing. Yeah. So I tried a thing. So as I tried a thing now, and then I came out, I went to the block, and I said, yo, listen to this. What do you guys think about this? Like, yo, that sounds hot. You should go to the studio. So I went to the studio and laid down a couple tracks and everything I laid down, I got good feedback on. Right. So mm. I was like, yeah, They're like, yo, you should do this more. I'm like, all right. So I started rapping a little bit more and then we made a squad called the throwback youngins. Right. Okay. So and we made a squad called the throwback youngins. So we're just rappers. Right. And it's only consists of three people. So we should just go to the studio every day and make tracks. So yeah, that's how, that's how it came to be. Right. Okay. Okay. And yeah. and even like there was some like back in two thousand and like you, when do you think was your more formative times like you know like our teenage times or the times when we start becoming a young adult was it like late nineties or early two thousands for you young adult I would say like nineties early two thousands okay okay so then this is when like fifty and all those different people were starting to emerge on the scene and different yeah. things like that. You know what I'm saying? Fifty dipset Cameron Bird Gang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. Even with like cause right now it's it's crazy because it's I'm talking to you from behind a wall, right? Yeah. But, but you've like throughout your whole life you've had to deal with a lot of different convictions or wrongful convictions. Like Wrong, yeah. Like, okay, let's go to one that I see here from March 2003. Yeah. Right? You were yeah. wrongfully convicted for having a gun in a house, but you were actually in a car. No, see, that the one in 2003, I actually, that got withdrawn. Mm-hmm. After the fact, but it did charge me for a bunch of guns in a house that I was never in. And when they did that, I went for bail and uh, the judge found out that the crown number lines with the synopsis that saying that I was in the house. Right. But, I, but once the judge found that out, I got bail automatically. And then following a year after that, the charge was absolutely withdrawn because mm. they breached and violated my rights. And what they know is the oath of a police officer. You cannot enter a jurisdiction and make any arrest without priorly calling, I guess, a jurisdiction or whatever that you're going into. And you cannot be entering homes without a warrant in a jurisdiction that you're not supposed to be in. Right. Because of those violations, the charges were withdrawn automatically. 
Okay, okay. During those times, right, like, I know the um, there was like a, you know, just to, just to not even sugarcoat it, there was like a lot of issues that were going on on the streets, right? Um, yeah. Between like the Galloway Boys and the Malvern crew. Now, yeah. from what I was watching in the interview, right, you say that that media, that, that term, the Galloway Boys, is like a term that was brought up by the media or like putting you guys as organized crime. Was that like a media thing? Yeah, that's a media thing. First of all, no one calls yourself Galloway Boys. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, overall, no one's not organized. There's no organized crime. Everybody does their own thing. We were criminals living a criminal lifestyle. There's no kickback to no pot. There's no, hey, let's get do this. There's none of that stuff. Yeah. Organized crime. I was 21 when I came to jail. Eh? So 21, they're saying I'm a, I'm a boss of a criminal organization. Come on, man. There's no organization that ever exists in Galloway. I was a young criminal. I'm not going to lie. I was a young criminal. Mm-hmm. But I, I was not no boss and I was not no organized crime leader of anything. That's crazy. So do you think that the media, or not the media, but like the authorities had like a target on you from the time that they deemed that you guys or felt that you guys were quote unquote a gang? Yeah, they put a target on me ASAP as soon as they deemed that. And then throughout, it's like they built all this shit stuff for me, right? And it's like as soon, soon as they did that now and they put me in prison for organized crime and then also said that I did a murder to benefit a criminal organization, which never existed. Mm. So in terms of what it is. So now if I, they're saying, I, if they're saying I jaywalked or if I went in the store and I stole something or I committed any crime, anything that I did as my own criminal act, they said was to benefit and to further a criminal organization, which never existed in the first place. Wow. So when you at now, my whole trial was a sham. I never got a fair trial in no shape, form, or fashion whatsoever. And they know it. Everybody knows it. But I'm still sitting here going, going through it. Let me give you an example. Yeah. One guy who's a, who's a lion witness, his name is Roland Ellis. Goes by the name of Sledge. Okay? For five and a half years, this man was saying... A man was present when he made a statement, was present when he made a statement. For five and a half years, he said, for example, Johnson was there. Johnson was there. When, yeah, Johnson was there with us. Yeah, he was there when it happened. Johnson was there. Yeah, okay, for five and a half years, through, through uh, five different statements, through a testimony under oath at preliminary hearing, he said that this man, Johnson, was there, and he's part of it. He was there the whole time. From the beginning, from the day I seen these guys in the vehicle, everything. He even said that Johnson walked over with him to a house and he's 100% sure. Remember, he's 100% sure. 100% sure means there's no doubt in your mind. Yeah. Right? So he's 100% sure that Johnson was there with him in the alley when we pulled up, when he said, me, my cold cues was on the street and my other cold cues pulled up. He said... The, he said the following, basically, he seen us pull up and he was standing there. And when he was standing there, he was standing there with a guy named Johnson, a guy named whatever, Tatham, another, another guy. Okay. Uh, 
Kareem, whatever. And then he says he's standing there. We pulled up in the vehicle on the day of the murder. Mm. At 6 p.m., we pulled up in a Pathfinder at the day of the murder. And when we pulled up, he said, I was driving and uh, my co-accused was in the backseat. And the other co-accused who's on the street right now, who won his appeal, was in the passenger seat. So he said, he came out the car and went with him. Okay? Right. And me and my other co-accused in the backseat drove off. Right? So when he's saying this now, he's saying, yeah, 100% sure I seen Mr. Riley. I seen these two men also with him. 100% I seen this. 100% sure. I'm sure that Mr. 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 Wisdom jumped out the car and was with me in the alley. I'm 100% sure that this is what happened. Right. Cool. He said, I drove off and him and Mr. Wisdom and Mr. Johnson walked over to a house on Northside, which they said was Smokey's house. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he said when he got there, he got there, he arrived with Wisdom, Mr. Johnson. And when he got there with those two men, he also seen a guy named Burns. Okay. So this is how his, this is how his lie starts. His lie starts like this. So basically, that guy now, he never said anything about me in his original statement. His name is Sledge, Roland Ellis. Never said nothing about me. They, 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 they got this guy, and they went up to him, and they asked him, do you know anything about this murder of March 3rd, 2004? It's on a video statement. Right. And he told them, and he told them, no, I don't know anything about this murder. I know nothing about this murder, nothing whatsoever. All over a video statement. Okay, then the camera goes off for about 45 minutes, right? Then the camera comes back on 45 minutes later. All of a sudden, he knows everything about the murder, right? Mm-hmm. But with, within him knowing everything about the murder, the cop said to him, okay, you know everything about, you know, you, you know everything about the murder? Tell us what you know about the murder of two, uh, on March 3rd, 2004. And he said, okay, this is what I know. Mr. Wisdom told me that he followed these, he followed the Ross. He followed his dread, the Ross. And the guy has long dreads and they followed this guy and they shot this guy up. He said, Mr. Wisdom told him that. Right. that he did it. But he didn't say, Mr. Wisdom never told him who was with him. He said he did it. Right? Cool. So, now, the, when he's telling the police that in the statement now, the police are taking in the story, taking the story, but they don't want Mr. Wisdom. They want me. So when they're telling him, tell us what you know, he's telling them about Mr. Wisdom. That's not what they want to hear. Mm. So then they stop him because he's rambling about everything Mr. Wisdom told him. He won't stop talking. Right. Then they stopped him and say, okay, we know what Mr. Wisdom told you. We know. What did, what did, what did Greasy do? So now he told them everything he knows about the murder. They asked him. He never mentioned anything about Greasy. Then they, they gave him direction and stopped him and said, no, okay, we know wisdom, but what did Greasy do? What did Greasy say? So again, they interjected my name into his story, right? Cool. Now, he says that Greasy said that he was in front of a TV. No, he said that, no, he said that, he, 
He was at a house, at Smokey's house, and we we're watching the news on the TV. And they asked him, what did Greasy do? And he said, well, Greasy, they said, what did Greasy say? He said, well, Greasy never said nothing. Mm. But he looked at the TV, and when he looked at the TV, he seen those wrong guys, and he shook his head. So he told them, I never said shit to him, and that's what he's saying. But also, that's false also. Again, now they go again. Okay, no, no, no. What else did Greasy tell you? What else did Greasy tell you? So they keep pushing him. And he's smart enough to know that, okay, they want Greasy. You feel me? You're right. So then he goes as further to say, I seen him in the Pathfinder on the day of the murder. Mind you, everybody knows about the Pathfinder. It's all over the news. Everybody knows that Pathfinder was involved in a murder on March 3rd, 2004. Mm. They showed reenactment. They showed news clippings. So he says, oh, yeah, I seen him on the day of the murder. He pulled up in the alleyway. And that's now where we got to the story where we said they, they walked over to Smokey's house, right? Sure. So, mind you, he walked over to Smokey's house with a man named Johnson, himself, and a man named Tatum. So he walks over there now. And when he walks over there now, he sees Burns at the house. And Burns is there too. Now, let me give you a fun fact of how to catch a liar and actually... Do the right thing when you catch a liar. Mm-hmm. So, Johnson, who we said was there 100% for five and a half years in five different statements, uh, under oath at preliminary hearing, and Burns, who we said was there for five and a half years, five or six different statements, under oath at a preliminary hearing. Both of these guys have government records, official records, that shows this guy's a liar. Mr. Johnson is in the East Detention. There's no way he could be in the alleyway on March 3rd, 2004. Impossible. Right. Unless the East Detention jail records don't know their records. Catch what I'm saying? Yeah. That's one. Two. Mr. Burns is in America. Air, Air Canada has him on a flight going to America 2004 the end of February, and coming back 2004, the end of March. So it's impossible. You wasn't even in the country. In your story, it's impossible. Mind you, they said, he said that CD told him that they followed a Ross. They followed a Ross. A, a Ross means what? Long hair, right? Long yeah. dreads. You can't mistake a Ross for a bald head guy, can you? No. Well, a Ross would be a Rastafari or, a, yeah, somebody with dreadlocks. Okay. But you, you can't mistake a bald guy for a Rastafari, can you? I wouldn't. I don't think so. <laughs> Unless, like, there's something really wrong with my eyes. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, again, they said we, we, they said that we, and we followed a Ross and we shot a Ross. That's what they said. He they he said also another Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilson said that we followed a Ross and shot a Ross. The guys in the car are bald headed men. Wow. So if you're not catching a liar, I don't know what's happening in the world, right? And nineteen years now in prison. Nineteen years now. Over 
these in-your-face lies can't get away from. But you know what? We're going to circumvent it because, no, nah, we, we need to convict these men. We have to. On mm. any we don't care about the truth. We don't care about the truth. We just care about where they blew, up, they blew me up. I'm the most sickest man in the world. Galloway this, organized crime. And there's no way they can let me get away like that. Even though they have no evidence and all the evidence is coming from liars who you know are lying. And they're lying factually. And they can't get away from them. Give you another fun fact. So at trial now, say five and a half years later now, at trial, right? Mind you, we never told the Crown that we had this evidence of the two, one guy in America and one guy being the East Attention. You disclose that at trial, right? Right. So when we disclose that at trial now, we have to tell the Crown before the trial starts. We told the Crown, yo, uh, yeah, here we have these government paperwork. Okay, so we're in the the process of the trial, and yeah. you're saying now that the two of the um, people that they're saying that were in um, supposed to be um, substantial um, key key crown witnesses, key, key crown witnesses. One was out of the country, and one was detained at the time. No, the key the the two yeah the two key crown witnesses are saying people are there who absolutely cannot be there. Right. Yeah. Okay, and they're saying, and the, and the people that they're saying were there, they're saying that one, and you're saying one of the people, one of the persons was out of the country at the time, and the other one was was detained at the time. Um, yeah. Okay, so continue from there. So now, so now when we get to trial, now we have to disclose the evidence that we have, right? The evidence is that these guys, we have government paperwork saying that these guys are lying because there's no way. Mr. Johnson could be there and there's no way Burns could be there. It's, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. So now he disclosed that to the crown. Okay. When we disclose that to them, they do what they do with it. Okay. Now at trial now, Roland Ellis goes on the stand at trial. Okay. And for five and a half years and through five or six different statements and under oath at a preliminary hearing, he been saying, Mr. Johnson is there. Mm. Johnson is there, right? And and he's saying Burns is there. He's been saying that the whole time. He, kept, he stuck to it. That's what he's saying. Now, so let me ask you a question. Do you think your memory would be re more refreshed five and, a, five and a half years earlier when the incident was fresh? Or would it be refreshed five and a half years later? Right when it first happened, it would be more fresh. Okay, so now, Mr. Ellis goes on the stand now. And the lawyer says, hey, uh, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you about Mr. Mr. Johnson or whatever. He says, oh, hold on, hold on one second. I want to fix one thing. I want to fix something. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I want to ask you a question. No, 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 I want to fix something. What do you, hold on, what do you have to fix? Oh, you remember when I said Mr. Johnson was there? Now I'm 100% sure Mr. Johnson was not there. Mm. I kid you not. I kid you not. Remember. How did that... How? Why would you come here today in the trial and say all of a sudden Mr. Johnson was not there and you're 100% sure now he was not there 
after you've been saying this for five and a half years consistently? What makes you come here today and also remember <laughs> that you lied? He's like, well, no, no, I remember now. So you remember, your memory is more better now than it was back then? He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. And now he said he's 100% sure that Mr. Johnson was not there. So the lawyer asked him, hold on, did the crown tell you anything? Did the crown? No. Also, the crown never told you nothing. How do you come here today? Where did you hear? Did you hear anything? Did anybody tell you? Remember, don't quote me on these specific words right here, right? Sure. Don't. Did, did anybody here tell you today? Did the crown prosecutor, did anybody tell you that whatever? He's like, no. So you just came here today and just all of a sudden remembered now all of a sudden that Mr. Johnson was not there. He said, yeah. So my lawyer said, you're a liar. You're lying. Is it fair to say you're lying? You know, every lawyer's highlight in their cross-examination as a defense lawyer is to get the witness to admit they lied, right? Right. That's your, that's your, that's your number one goal. Why a defense lawyer cross-examines a witness to get the purpose of, you know what? He lied. Right. So now the lawyer is badgering him saying, yo, you're, you're a liar. You lied. Ray, Ray, Ray. Now the man admits the lie, my brother. He mm. admits the lie, my brother. He says, yes, I lied. Brother, what happens next? I don't know what world this happens in, what courthouse this is supposed to happen in, how they get away with this stuff. The judge stops the lawyer in the middle of his cross-examination. Oops. Stops. Turns his chair to a 26-year-old grown man and asked the man, do you know the meaning of a lie? She's trying to throw the guy a bone to save him. Right. He goes, do you mean, don't know the meaning of the lie, of a lie? I tell you, the guy looks, Roman Ellis looks at him like, <gasps> stunned. Like, do you know the meaning of a lie? He's like, uh, yeah. Uh. Then he goes, uh, do you, do you, then he, he, he didn't let the man say his word that he knows the meaning of a lie. He goes, because he's going to say, yeah, because he does know the meaning of a lie. It's a grown man. Right. right? So he goes, okay, do you, did you, did you know you were lying at the time when you said that? So obviously, he just threw Roland Ellis a bone and Roland Ellis goes, no, I never knew I was lying at the time when I said that. Brother, what the f yo? Pardon, 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 pardon me right now, but this, this, I don't, I don't understand this stuff. That's crazy. So it's like almost like the judge was leading the witness. The judge helped the crown, because the judge is pro crown. Everything he did in this case was showing clearly that he's on the crown side. He's an ex crown. He's a he's on the crown side. He's everything. His whole actions was giving the crown everything they wanted fixing everything for them and even suggesting to them how to run their case. Mm. He's supposed to be a principal. He's not supposed to be, he's not supposed to be the student. He's not even the teacher. He's supposed to be the higher up taken in from the student and the teacher. What's going on? But now he's playing everything. So he threw him a bone and says, Oh, you didn't know you were lying at the time when you said that. The judge knows he's lying. Why is the judge doing that? And then 
that he goes, no, I didn't know I was lying when you said that. What? Hey, I kid you not. When he said he lied in front of the jury, it was over. Then they kicked the jury out. They called the jury back in. And the judge told the jury to disregard Roland Ellis saying that he lied. Wow. This, this shit gives me anxiety, brother. So let me ask you a question, Ty. Like, is this the first time that any of this information has been put out there publicly that, like, what was happening in the courtroom? On my side. Mm. They, they, write, they write anything in paper. Mr. Riley's this. Mr. Riley is that. He's a, he's a bad man. He does this. He does that. They could tell you everything on paper. You could paint a picture a million different ways. Right. But now you're hearing from me because I sat here and I went through the system way. OK, I got railroaded at trial. OK, let me have faith in the appeal because they have to see the truth. They have to see it. Yeah. There's no way they can't see the truth. There's no way they can't see it. Mind you, we even got fresh something called fresh evidence mm -hmm. that, that shows that the tactics that the police used on me was invest they use it in investigative tool they never use it to arrest me like what they said they did yeah because um they did an emergency wiretap yeah they did an emergency wiretap on me and they use that as an investigative tool so the emergency wiretaps sounds like the name what it's called yeah and so emergency means existing circumstances i have no time urgent they got an emergency wiretap on me but they didn't use it for the purpose that it what it was designed for right. they use it for um, they use it for as an investigative tool to get evidence and to further the corrupted case against me right so we applied with a fresh evidence act because at my trial maybe it's my trial lawyer's fault or the the the, the, the fault of all of the lawyers is that they never properly they never properly went through the methodical the methodical what's the word i'm looking for they never the went, process the real process yeah so with that part with that part right there i could tell you 100 percent they slipped and I, i'm pissed off they slipped or more like procedure they didn't use the procedure. right procedure so you know, you know what they didn't do? They never dug deep into the emergency wiretap like they should have because the emergency wiretap was not even supposed to be involved in this case, brother. It has nothing to do with this case, brother. It's not supposed to even be there. Mm. So they, they can't fight what is not supposed to be in the case. Remember, that emergency wiretap has to do with a, a whole different case, a whole different thing. I wasn't charged for murder. I wasn't charged for organized crime. None of that. So that emergency wiretap has nothing to do with anything like that. So it should not have been in the case anyways. So that's why the lawyers never dug, maybe never dug too deep into it. Right. But the way they never did it, right? So cool. I got convicted. I went back. I went back for another, I went back for another trial. Uh, I went back for another trial. And 
in the trial, the next trial that I went to was after I got, I already got a life sentence, right? Right. And they gave me, they gave me a life sentence for attempted murder. And and not to interrupt you, can you give us like the the exact amount of time that they gave you? Oh man, I can't even count, bro. Hold on, man. Anxiety at anxiety at its highest. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I get highest right now. You know, just be, just because we're we're doing something publicly, and like I, I feel like the people would they need a little bit of a gauge to know like the, the severity of the of what, what's going on here, right? They gave me numbers of they gave me numbers a human being can't even do. Mm. They gave me numbers that you see in America. Yeah, they gave me a, they gave me a hundred years on paper, brother. A hundred years on paper, brother. But they say it runs concurrent as 25, but they gave me a hundred years on paper, brother. Railroaded, brother. They're trying to make sure I don't get out of this place. And this has to, imagine, the injustice at its highest right now. See? And I have to do everything I'm doing. I have to show the people them. Because I'm not just guilty. I'm not just guilty. See? And I'm not guilty for this murder whatsoever. And I now I'm, I'm trying to show all the things they did to me to show people that, hold on, if all the things Mr. Riley are saying is true, then this is a railroad. And everything I'm saying is true. It could be verified. It's all government paperwork. It's mm-hmm. all there. It's all there. You catch what I'm saying? So I just don't, I, I don't get it for the life of me. So now they use the thing as an investigative tool, brother. The emergency wiretap. Yeah. See it? So remember I told you I was saying we got something called fresh evidence for the appeal? Yes. And and let's let's get into that, the appeal process, because um your your appeal you you've been you've been gone for a while, so your appeal was obviously denied at some point. But like yeah. w- what happened with the appeal process? Uh, a continuation. <laughs> a continuation of the lower court process, high mm. court process. A continuation, no different. No different in the shaft and the railroad. They have to uphold the shaft and the railroad. I tell you, this is a political thing, eh? It's not just about people made careers off of calling Riley a bad guy. Well, at the time, people that, mortgages. this is people um, stepped up in higher places. Yeah, because this, this is the Harper government at the time. Every, I don't even know which government, brother. Everybody made something of their life off of an innocent man, off an innocent man's back. My word. Everybody, everywhere I go, I go to court. The court guards are telling me, thank you, man. You maybe clear 80000 this year, man. Danger pay. What? Wow. Bro, remember, they brought me to court. ETF, ETF task force, like the president escort, tanks, suburbans, snipers on roofs. Who the, who the hell am I? And this is just because of all of the, the allegations for, for um, organized gang activity, basically. Yes. Organized crime. Organized crime, yeah. I didn't even see terrorists in the city go to court the way I went to court. Like I don't I, I don't get this. I really don't get it. So they painted the picture, make everybody bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. They made everybody in the world believe this. Now, remember the ETF task the ETF task force, they have me in a in a in a paddy wagon with tanks and suburbans, they fully armed officers jumping out. We don't stop at we don't stop at red lights. We drive on curbs. We don't stop on the highway. We drive on the side. Everybody knows we're coming. Mm. We go to court. When we get to court, remember I'm going to court through my child 
the jury don't stay there. The jury leaves when we leave. So the jury has to see these paddy wagons with suburbans driving in and out. And they know that's for, that's the people them there for. Sorry, excuse my language. That's the people them who they're residing over. The case they're residing over. Yeah. And then when they go in the hallway at the courthouse, only in front of my courtroom does it look like we're at war. A bunch of guards, a bunch of ETF. Task force police officers out there with guns and vests and just intimidating, scary. Everything's just scary, right? Mm-hmm. So they're seeing that. And remember, that bolsters the jury's decision. Like, oh my god, these guys are that dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It when they see that. when they see a spectacle like that, they're like, whoa, who who who, who are we? Who are we judging today? Re- remember, also, brother, when you enter a courthouse, everybody goes through a standard metal detector. You ever been in a courthouse? I've I've been down below. Uh, so if you're on the outside, I'm talking about the outside, walking into a courthouse. Mm-hmm. Every citizen walking into a courthouse, you have to go through metal detectors. You don't enter that place without going through a metal detector. That's a fact. And for the first time, I don't know if it's for the first time in history, if it's the first time in what, but someone should do the research on that. They put a metal detector in front of my courtroom also. So you mean, so when you're coming out of the box, they had a metal detector there too? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about for the people who are coming in from the outside. Wow. That's crazy. So let's say, for example, and just for the people to get a little bit of um, a clarity, right? There's different numbers on the different courtroom doors. Um, and a very popular one is 114 court over at Old City Hall. You, when you first walk into the courthouse building, there's metal detectors right as soon as you walk into the doors, right before you go up the stairs into the, um, into the hallways. Now imagine right before you walk into room 114, there's an additional metal detector just in case somebody slipped past the first one. That's wild, bro. And I don't know if that's ever been done before. People could, someone should look that. Someone should look that up. But fam, for the amount of times I've been to court, I've never seen that. And I've been to court, uh, uh, unfortunately, a, mul- a multitude of times. Well, I kid you not, brother. And then on top of all that, so now anybody who's going, if you're going and entering the court, if you're entering the courthouse, you go through the one metal detector check and you go about your business. You could go in every other room after that. Right. But if you're if you're coming to my courtroom, you're going through an extra search. I don't even know if it's pat down. Maybe in pat down. They're going through your bags. You have to walk through a metal detector. What? They're even trying to do this to lawyers, brother. They told them any defense lawyer has to be searched. Wow. Or maybe maybe even they, 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 try, to, they try to hide it. First it was any defense lawyer, but they try to hide it and be like, okay, any lawyer entering. So now the crown's like, we're getting searched too. Yeah, right. It's all for your theatrics. All for your theatrics. And the lawyers, the, the defense lawyer said, we will not. We will not continue on this case if you continue to treat us like we're criminals and yeah. we're not part of the bar. 
catch on say so now they're trying to say that they're tr- what are they trying to say their lawyers are gonna our lawyers are gonna do what give us something what 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 are they trying to what are they trying to suggest by doing that so that delayed the case even further mm. we have to fight that because i don't blame the lawyers how are they going to tell you they want to search you all of a sudden like you're not a law-abiding citizen who fights the law yeah what so it's just part of the theatrics brother and it's like yeah man these are the little railroads that continuously happen and right now everything all the organized crime it's it's so bad because it affects me right now up to today up to today i can't i'm still a gang member in their eyes because i've organized crime i've been in jail 19 years you can't tell me i'm no gang member i'm not running around doing anything let, <laughs> let me ask you something based on that because i don't know if you're aware right because mm-hmm. you know you unfortunately you've been gone for a long space of time and you know, YouTube has evolved over the years, but there's so many different like documentary piece videos and stuff like that. And, you know, your name has popped up in a lot of different videos. Has anybody ever put you on? Like when you talk to people on the phone, like, yo fam, I seen you in this huge YouTube video. And if, yeah. if so, how do you feel about those videos? Yo, so man tell me all the time, like my people them tell me all the time when I talk to them on, right? Mm. There's bloggers, there's people, they put out stuff about you. There's part one, there's part two, there's stuff coming out about you. <laughs> I'm going to laugh because why? Look, you're getting exclusive. That shows all the, what they're saying is a sham again. It's all a lie. Everybody's benefiting off of the bad guy who they say is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It was really a nice guy. And it's like, so it's like to live like anybody else. What? Catch what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, whatever. Have you seen any of these bloggers? Or have you seen any of these things they put out about me? I haven't. If you see, if you've seen any of these things, now you could go back and you're getting exclusive from me right now. Also, I did a, I did an interview with Keep Six Org, so you would see that too. Yeah. Right. So again, so listen to what I'm saying, which is not a lie. It's all facts. It's the truth. I have to speak this thing because I'm, they're not letting me out of here. I got to get 19 years now. They got the time out of me innocently. Mm. I'm fed up. I'm fed up now. And then the, the system is not working for me. The system is not working for me whatsoever. They railroaded me through back to the appeal court. Appeal court, we got the fresh evidence. We put the fresh evidence in. They denied it. Wow. They, they don't, they don't want to listen to it or it's not truthful. Or I mean, not, or it's they, basically they they dismissed it. So whatever be the case, they dismissed the fresh evidence, evidence that proves they used the one eighty four point four emergency wiretap as an investigative tool instead of using it for the purpose it was designed for. Mm-hmm. They never they never let us use that information, mind you. I don't even need that. That adds to it, right? That adds to it. But there's there's so many violations in my case that. I could win the appeal on so many different things, brother, and they gave me none. None. Now, none. over the time, have you um, applied for another appeal? Like over the 19 uh, years? I, I exhausted all my appeals. I think I just lost my last appeal two years ago. How many See? appeals are you allowed to have? Just for the education of these, of these young bucks out here who are, who are coming up, man. It's only two in the new modern slavery world. 
So you're allowed to get two appeals and you basically have to, um, like, you can pick when you could do your appeals or it's like over a space of time. Nah, you, after, after you get convicted, then you got to wait for your lawyer to put in the application and you got to wait for the judge them to give you a date. Uh, normally it happens fast, but in my case, everything, in my case, everything takes about four or five years. Wow. Everything. I stayed in a bucket for five and a half years. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I think I, I lost my first appeal probably uh, a couple of years later, four years, maybe even five. I don't know, something like that. And then my last appeal took probably about two years. And then I lost that. When I lost that, man, that kind of broke me, man. I'm saying, what? This is really no justice? I'm saying, hold on. When are they going to see what happened? Mm. When are they going to see this? They see it. They know it. They built it. But they're not doing nothing to change it because this is how they designed it. This is the reason why now I have to take matters into my own hand to free myself and show people what's going on. And I'm pretty sure, <laughs> not even pretty sure, I'm guaranteed a million percent that everything I'm saying is showing the people them, they railroaded me. They railroaded me clearly, shafted me, and at the I should be exonerated immediately. But what? I need people to stand up in high places. I need people who matter to do something. Because the people who know, a lot of people know this in the world, mm-hmm. but they can't do anything. They can't do anything. But the people who matter and the people who have certain statures, I need them. If you talk about justice, then get justice for greasy money. Get justice for Mr. Riley. Get justice for my cold cues. Look what happened. They let Mr. Wisdom out, right? Right. Mr. Wisdom is on the street right now. Today, I'm happy for him. God bless him. No man deserves to be in prison for nothing they never did. Right. Right? Mind you, Roland Ellis told on him. Roland Ellis told on him, and he's on the street. Roland Ellis only implicated me in saying he's seen me in the vehicle. So if you remember, and his testimony with everything else got me convicted. So if you believe Roland Ellis seen Mr. Riley, Mr. Wisdom, and my other co-accused in that vehicle on March 3rd, 2004, Mr. Wisdom would not be on the street. Yeah. So we know he lied about Mr. Wisdom. That's first and foremost. We know that. And we know he lied about us too. Because you can't get out of the story that he told. He said Mr. Wisdom told him everything that he did. So if he's on the street, because obviously you don't believe Roland Ellis, but they pick and choose when they want to believe these guys. You feel me? Yeah. So like, let, 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 let's keep it like for real now. If he told on him and said he told him he did this and he did that, but... You said, oh, you just seen me in a car, which is a lie, too. And and I'm not on the road. I have more grounds in this uh, in the appeal. I had so many grounds to win the appeal on. It's not even funny, but it's funny. It's not even funny. I, I, they, they, they took everything away from me. Wow. 19 years. 19 years, man. You know what I'm saying? Now, so tech- and even to, to, to touch on the 19 years, right? Because I know from just 
from, I don't know, my education of the system, um, they ask you to do two thirds of your time. And you're saying that your, your sentences are running concurrently. Yeah. Right. So even though it's a hundred years, it's technically 25. So two thirds of that would be around 19 years around now. No, uh, uh, three more years before day parole. And then, uh, three more years for day parole and five more years. No, six more years for full parole. Okay. Okay. So you, you can be looking to do day parole, um, like within the next five years. Uh, I don't even deserve day parole, brother. I'm innocent. I should not be doing any kind of parole. No, for but, sure. For sure. But, but at least there's some there's a light at the end of the tunnel, at least for seeing the outside. Now, keep in mind for the for the people who don't know anything about the system, you're going to be on parole for life. So, for example, if you have like a minor infraction, like you get into a fight and your PO finds out about it, you're out of there. Yeah. So it's like, again, it's just another it's another leash that I shouldn't have had in the first place. But it's a leash. It's a leash that I have to deal with. I have to deal with. Like I dealt. Like I've been dealing with this nineteen years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But it's like I'm just trying to show the people that where I can get enough following. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, people that hear the story. It's not. It's not. It's not fake. It's not shams. It's not a gimmick. This is real, factual stuff that I'm giving the people them to show they railroaded me. Clear. And if I'm not exonerated, I need at the best. I need a. a I need a fair trial. Because organized crime, this whole gang thing has affected my life the whole way through. The whole way through up to today. And I'm fed up, man. There's no justice, man. There's no justice in the system, man. So I'm saying whatsoever. Let me, let me ask you even um, as you mentioned it. Because to me, like right now, as we're in 2023, I see a lot of comparisons to draw between the, the Galloway boys and how they try to deem you guys as an organized crime, um, like an organized crime syndicate, basically, and like YSL. And I don't know if you've been up on the whole thing with Young Thug and YSL and what's going on with them. Are you, are you up on that right now? Because like, I, I have to ask since you're inside, I see, right? I, yeah, I see the stuff on TMZ and stuff like that. I see those things. So what do you think about that as somebody who's experiencing something similar or do you think it's something completely different? Uh, I can't, I don't know about what's going on over there. I don't know what's going on over well, there. Well, they're trying to say that YSL is a gang rather than a record label. And with you guys, you know, from the beginning of our conversation, you know, you're saying that the Galloway boys are trying to make it like an organized crime thing when you're saying we're just from Galloway. We're just some guys who grew up in a neighborhood. Yes, we had our, our share of different things and stuff like that, but yeah. we weren't an organized crime syndicate. That, yes, exactly. that brings a whole other thing when you're dealing with a court system because now all the charges get trumped up because they look at the organized gang um, factor, right? Or organized crime factor. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's, that's what I'm saying about the similarities, right? But with that, the similarities are because, yeah, they're saying, they're saying we're a gang, we're also a rap group, and we're organized crime. Mm. So in those lines, it's the same, right? But mind you, a gang and a, or- a criminal organization are two different things. Yeah. Right? So when you look up the word organization, believe me, you're not seeing the word, you're not seeing Tyson Riley pop up in there. You're not even seeing a black man's face pop up in the word organization. Yeah, I think more of the mobs and different things like that when I hear shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But no, but how, how do I get the benefit to get railroaded by a criminal organization charge that doesn't exist around 
ghetto communities, neighborhoods. You have a bunch of criminals trying to live, trying to feed their family, not because they want to. They might be forced. They might be has to. They have no other options. Some men go for jobs. Some men try to do the right things and go for jobs and they just get denied. Mm-hmm. Right? So men, not everybody does everything because they want to. Sometimes it's just a form of means. You got to feed your family. You got to live. See what I'm saying? And at the same time, I'm living. You're not trying to hurt nobody. You're just trying to live. Catch what I'm saying? No, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and so, I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience of somebody who's gone through that in the past, right? Where, uh, you know, I've been on the streets. I wasn't out there trying to hurt nobody. I was just trying to, yeah. you know, feed my yeah. feed my fam, pay my rent, you know, regular shit. As a young kid coming up, man, yo, I was active, bro. I was active. I'm like, I play every sport. I'm active, play every sport. You know what I'm saying? I'm running around all day. Basketball. I love basketball, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I used to school the man I'm on the block regular. See what I'm saying? See him? It's like crazy. See him? It's like, fam. It just took my life away, man. My youth is like anybody else when I was coming up, man. Yeah. Anybody trying to make it, you know, I have to feed my family. You know? <laughs> Mom Deuce is struggling and, you know, like, I don't like that, you know. So I took it on myself and I started hustling and stuff like that. But that's, that's what I do. I'm just like, that's just what I did. You feel me? Yeah. So like the violent part of it, that's not me. You feel what I'm saying? Like, people do what they got to do. But me, I just been a hustler. I just like money, you know. So that's how I, I used to be back in the days, right? But, like, all that stuff too comes to play because now you got your friends who are envious and jealous of you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And no matter what, most people around you don't want to see you do good. When they see you doing good, they're, they're, they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fake smiles. I don't, I get it. You want to be there too. When I see somebody doing good, I, I plot it. I'm saying, Haha, I'm going to get there, my brother. You're done. No. Yeah. You see what I'm, saying? I'm on my way. Don't worry. Cause I know to get it. You feel me? Like some people, they just sit there and hate and stew and jealous and envy. So, yo, oh, yeah, that's, that, that brings me up to something, man. I got to bring this back, man. It's a big point, man. I almost forgot this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go for it, yo, man. So, when I was 14 years old, man, remember I told you I started hustling when I was young? Mm-hmm. So when I was 14 years old, I started hustling. And I was with Roland Ellis. He was my friend back th- in those days, right? And his mom went to Jamaica. And we used to hustle. I used to hustle out the house. And I used to say, okay, here what? I'll give you a half a B and you make your money and you could get your money off of my chops on my phone. You could just eat off of mine. I'll give you the things and you can eat off of my chops. No problem. You feel me? Right. That's all. You eat off it. I'll make you make money because I'm at your crib, right? You feel me? So anybody around me makes money too. So I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, all right, cool. So then his mom came back from Jamaica and every minute in the, in the nighttime, we're going in and out the back door. You feel me? So... You don't know the moms are not stupid, right? They know mm-hmm. exactly what's going on. So she said to me, here what? I don't know what you guys are doing, but if you're selling drugs out of my house, I want you to leave, right? So I'm saying, yeah, okay, no, I'm not doing that, mommy. I lied to her, you know? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that, mommy, but I already respect to know that, yeah, that's what I was doing. So mommy already said that and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I'm not doing this. Mommy said that, and I respect Dukes as always. You feel me? So I'm trying to leave, and he's arguing with his mom, saying, Mom, no, this is my friend, because he knows his, his money's walking through the door. You feel me? Yeah. So basically, it's like he's arguing with his mom to try to make me stay, and I'm telling him, bro, leave it alone, brother. Mommy already said what she said, bro. I'm after this, brother. You know, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. So me, I left, going about my business. You see what I'm saying? And I, I actually told him, I said, bro, stop arguing with your mom, brother, because... Don't worry, I can go other places, but the places I go, you can't follow. You feel me? Yeah. 
So I'm saying, bro, chill out, bro. Leave you. Like he's arguing with his mom. I see you can't argue with your mom over what she's saying. You feel me? So I just left. But when I left now, I don't know what happened to him. He got kicked out of his house. You see what I'm saying? And we're just kids. Remember, I'm 14 years old. I'm a kid. You yeah. feel me? So he's a kid too. His mom kicks him out of the house. I don't know what's going on. I'm living my life. I just go, I just, I'm around the neighborhood. I'm at BMX, hustling, playing ball. You know what I'm saying? Just chilling. So now fast forward now. I never knew this guy had that grudge against me, brother. The guy had that grudge against me since we were 14 years old. Wow. And I never knew about that grudge till he brought it up on the stand. And he said he, I don't know the quote unquote words. I don't know if it's, he hated me ever since he's, or he had a grudge against me ever since we were 14 and he brought it up. So he brought up his own, his own reason for lying. He brought up his own grudge. He has a grudge against me since we were 14 years old, brother. So you're saying that he was retold that story on the stand? He told the story on, yeah, on the stand and said he, I don't know, don't quote me with the words exactly, but it's like, said something about like, uh, he had a grudge against me since then or hated me since then. or But ever since then, he just basically never liked me. And he told that to the crown. He told that I understand. And he gave them his own motive for a lie. And I'm still sitting. I just don't understand. Everything's clear as day, but they want to do their own thing. It's their own agenda to make their own numbers look good. You catch what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Ty, um, Tyshawn, this is a pretty, you know, our, our network gets a lot of attention I'm not going to say we're the biggest, biggest network, but as far as over here in Toronto, we do have a lot of listeners. We do have a lot of viewers that, that tap into our content. So if anything, as far as getting your message out there, um, this would be the place because I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to hear it. I did tap into the um, interview over on, with Keep Six Org and, yeah. and salute to them, you know, salute to Richard Miller. He's, he's We Love Hip Hop alumni. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to also help with that interview to make sure that it gets some more views on it too. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yes, brother. Thank you. But um, one thing, yeah. I, one more um, couple of things I want to ask you, right? Uh, in closing, right? There's a lot of young kids that are coming up now that um, they're saying, you know, are taking on the same types of, of fuckery for lack of a better terms that yeah. we, that we used to be up on back in the days and stuff. What can you say to the to a young buck who's coming up, who's who's looking to get into like, quote unquote, gang culture? It's not worth it. It's fake. It's a sham. Everything you think you believe as a kid, because you get into life, you feel like, yeah, yeah, my friends are my friends, my guys are my guys. You feel like that. Mm-hmm. Get into a situation. You know what I'm saying? And when you're doing a little four, a little three years, two years in prison, your guys got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your guys got you for the little two years, one year, three year stint. But you see, anytime you go over 10 years in them thing there, you know who your friends are. You have nobody. Like, literally. When you're in these prison systems now, you start losing people, even family, even friends. See? And, like, everybody disappears from you. You know what I'm saying? So, this whole idolization of the gang lifestyle and that my friends and my friends and the block, man, them don't really care. They don't care about you when it gets to a situation. Mm-hmm. When you're around, when you're around and we're all, you're living your lifestyle, yeah, it's all like, yeah, we're all good until you get to a situation and you see your friends and stuff like that. You feel me? Yeah. And it's like, you know who's who. 
And yo, family's not any better sometimes, eh? See? So it's like you know who's who and you just start to distance yourself from people. And they dis- you only distance yourself from people because they distance yourself from you. You catch me? Mm-hmm. So basically the whole gang life now, me personally, I would tell the youth them, you forget about all that. You see what I'm saying? Especially the youth them in the city. Boom, the youth them in the city are turning up with this rap game, man. This rap music is on, on yo, it's on a hundred right now. It is. See, it's like, I believe personally, I don't care what anybody else does. I believe we could take that over. You feel me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yo, I don't have to listen to American artists. I got bare Tita artists that I can listen to, and they're hot. They're spitting the heat. They're spitting fire. The city's turned up, and like I got to applaud that for real. The man are doing it big. But one thing I would say also is that if we could like drop all of this fucking excuse part of my language. No worries. If we could, if we could drop all of this beef thing and this gang thing and this block on block thing and unite and link up, yo, we would be turned up in the six, man. The six would be on one, mm-hmm. huh? rolling loud, all them thing that's going in. It's turning up. If we could continue just bigging up each other and but the man are feeding into that Chicago rap stuff, man. You feel me? Facts. And it's like, the man, I'm going to drop that, bro. See what I'm saying? Every side has people who's lost and done and whatever be the case. Boom, the man made a stop over their head, boom. See? And it's like, I just feel like, I don't even feel like I know that, yo, the gang life, it not make it. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that just because I'm here. Mm. And when you time, you get to kick back and reflect. You need time to reflect or you do not see it or know it or feel it. You feel me? Yeah. But when you get this reflection time and you know, you know, even if you're a little, if you're a young boy and you come, you know, and you, you something happened to you unfortunately, and you come to the system and you do your little small pen bid or s- small provincial bid. If you could open up your eyes after that enough to save your life after that to change up, even that works, you know. But it's like enough of us go through things and we're put in a situation that nobody's like, nobody goes around saying they're a gang member. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No one walks around and say, "Hey, I'm a gang member." Would they ask you where you're from? I'm from G-Way. That's it. Well, I'm from Kingston and Kingston Road and Galloway. Yeah. That's hey, So it's not like you walk around saying you're a gang member. You just say where you're from. You see what I'm saying? It's no different from you asking somebody else and they're saying, hey, I'm from uh, from Hollywood or I'm from uh, wherever you want to call it. From Parkdale. Uh, listen, I, people, listen, everybody um, connects me with Parkdale a lot of time, but I'm not part of no gang. And it's not you know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, yeah, so you know what I'm saying? So it's like you just live a lifestyle, like, you know what I'm saying? And they try to make it just, they flip it around and do something else with it. And yeah, your friends are your friends, so you're there for your friends, you know? But like they turn it and they flip it. You see what I'm saying? And then when you when you get locked up and they use organized crime against you, they just turn it against you, man. You see what I'm saying? And then with me now, they put me in this murder case, huh? And then they use the organized crime with it. So the organized crime with it now is a back door to letting all evidence that shouldn't be in. So now they just killed me with bad character and it's like gang, 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 bad man, bad man, bad man, sells drugs, gang, 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 guns, this, guns, that. They just keep talking bad stuff. So when they get you in here, they just do what they want to do. And this, I tell you personally, the system's getting worse every day, yeah. every day, every day. I just sit back and say, wow. I'm saying like me, 
I'm an older cat now, so I just kick back now. I don't really do anything. You feel me? Just do my workout, stay in shape. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just do my thing and try to clear the mind, read books. You know what I'm saying? Watch my little sports. I'm saying that's what I like to do. So, but any end of the day, no, to all you little niggas who are listening, you know what I'm saying, and the terminology, all my, all the YGs, all the man, them, anybody, bro, trust me, bro. Don't like different things could go on, and money can met if the man them link up. That's yeah. my word, fam. Yeah, yeah, word, fam. Nothing. Certain have to be put aside, but I wish it could really be. Still, I really do. Nothing. That's that's wisdom. That's jewelry right there, and. And and I and that's it's real real coming from somebody who's who's been through a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that. And just last thing, you know, you, we mentioned in the beginning, um, but you have music that you that you've made during this time. Like, did you have music from before you went away, or were you able to like get some studios inside there? Because I know Mandem be getting to get uh, put together studios and certain rec rooms and things like that inside. Is that what's going on? Yeah, bro, but you see, like, God bless technology, right? Mm-hmm. God bless technology. So I could just basically go on the phone and spit on the phone and they take the recording properly and I don't know what they do with it. I don't know how they get it, but they do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I studio guy and he does it. So I just call on the phone and then I'll just spit on the phone and make my people record it and just do all the little gems I want to do in there. And they just know how to tweak it and get it done. You feel me? God bless technology, man. Real talk. Well, listen, man. That's basically what I'm going to be doing over here with this phone call. I'm going to be, once, you know, the audio is out this after here, and, you know, hopefully while I'm saying this, I don't I don't mess it up. But it's going to be clean just like how you would hear the audios on your songs right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yes, it's facts. God bless technology, man. Nice. And, like, what I'm saying now, too, is like, yo, I dropped a track out there. You see what I'm saying? It's officially Greasy Money, Still Fighting, mm-hmm. out now on all platforms. Check it out, man. Greasy Money, Still Fighting, man. No, all definitely. Pla- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so basically it's just everything. My message, my message is strong, you know? My message is strong, man. I'm just trying to like, I need a following. I need like, a, I need like people to believe in my story. If people believe in my story, I need some like repetitions. I need people who matter, who care, especially politicians, everybody, even my lawyers. My lawyers know what happened to me. My lawyers know what happened to me. I need people to speak up on it, man. They know I got railroaded. They're there. But everybody's trying to keep a dark secret and keep it quiet and hush and brush it underneath the table. There's no more brushing underneath the table. There's no more of that. Everything, all cards are on deck, on the table. Let's get it in, man. So I'm saying injustice has to stop, man. This is injustice at its highest. And I don't serve the time that they gave me for something I didn't even do. And I'm here right now and I need help. I need help from the public. I need help from anybody in a higher position who knows what I'm saying and believes in what I'm saying to help me, man. You see what I'm saying? Real talk. Like without that, these people are not going to let me out right away. And it's just going to be, I'm going to be sitting here going through this thing here. I've been doing it by myself with my family. No, my kidding. kids and my lady, my kids and my lady, been doing it myself. You feel me? Yeah. And it's like they're the only ones who had me for so long. You see what I'm saying? My Dukes is there too. You see what I'm saying? But people are there, but not, you know it's not like that. Out of sight, out of mind. You catch me, brother? Yeah, and you've been gone for like you know, not to mention like 
uh, you know, for a long space of time. I don't want to mention it to you again because, like, obviously, yeah. there's something you don't like hearing over and over again. But like to be able to, you know, still have people in your corner, that's that's still a blessing. You know what I'm saying? That's a blessing from the Most High, the Father, Allah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Ah, real talk. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing, you know. So, at the end of the day, you know, I just gotta continue moving forward. Keep the face. Keep my prayers up. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully, my message is clear to people, and not only clear to people, because a lot of people already know about what happened to me, brother. You feel me? Yeah. I need people to stand up for me, man. Injustice is it's gone way too far, man. My kids need me. You know what I'm saying? My kids need me. My family needs me. You see what I'm saying? Real talk. You see what I'm saying? No, real talk, man. Listen, fam, I I, I, I want to make sure that I get this out to the people in, uh, in the next, you know, from the time, you know, we're recording this, it's going to be out within the next week or so. Yeah. But, like, I feel that you, you've been able to give us uh, a concise set of information on uh, of why um you know this case may need to be back up in the courts again maybe um through this um interview right here uh a a lawyer might hear this and say you know what i want to take this case up and and try to you know or somebody with more power to be able to get this to to the place where it needs to be you know what i'm saying yeah um last thing here do you have anything you know any words that you want to give to the people here before before we close our conversation Basically, yo, man, I need your help. I need people's help, man. High stature people, anybody, man. I need your help, man. I need to get out of here. Simple and plain. Like, that's what it is. Way too long I've been in here, man. Mm. Way too These walls are closing in. Huh? What anxiety you get after you know you're in here innocently and you need to come home? I need people to please stand up, make a difference, make a change. Man, I gave you guys the blueprint of what they did to me. Mm. I more realer, straight. Straight to the point, facts than that. It's there, see? And I need people. Anybody wants that help out, you can write. To write me, Tyson Riley. You see what I'm saying? Collins Bay, to write me. You see what I'm saying? Anybody. Bridget, you can get a hold of me, write me a letter. Interviews, anything, Bridget. It's time for me to get out of here. This is enough. Enough's enough. And until I get exonerated or at least afforded my as a Canadian citizen the right to have a fair trial, it's ridiculous how I don't get a fair I get a fair trial. I'm a Canadian citizen. I'm governed under the Canadian the, the, the human rights. And this is this is a human right issue too. You catch what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is bad. Bad. So basically, I need everybody to stand up. Civilians, man them. I need everybody to be saying free greasy money. Let's get to the point. Let's get me out now, man. So I'm saying if you're a lawyer, if you're someone in a high stature place, if you're anything who's hearing this for the first time now, from the real point of view, not the point of view on paperwork and Riley's a bad guy in this, you see what it is. I need y'all, man. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? Me and my co-cues need y'all. You see what I'm saying? Because when I'm speaking, when I'm speaking and showing you guys this, this is on behalf of me and my co-cues who's still here. So I'm saying because my co-cues who got out, Unfortunately, won't, won't speak upon us. You mm. see what I'm saying? And I don't know if it's designed that way. If, the, if I don't know what it is, but like, we're just, we're just stuck here. And like, now I have to give the people that my voice. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's like every man for themselves kind of thing. So I have to give the man of my, I have to give people to my voice. And they got to hear me, man. See, and this is for me and my co-accused who's here still. 
still fighting, just like I am. See? Well, right there. With that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up our conversation with the tune still fighting. I have it here up on the Spotify. Um, you know, like you said, it's on all streaming platforms. Make yeah. sure to go tap in G R E E Z Y Money. Okay, the track is called Still Fighting. And bro, I, I appreciate you having this conversation with me, man. I appreciate you, man, for giving me the platform, man. I gotta make people hear what the, what's going on, bro. Like it's way too long, bro. I've been muffled for so long, and it's like I just been here because I don't can't do nothing. But thank you for the platform, brother. No, I appreciate. It. No, and thank shout you. Out to, shout out to We Love Hip Hop, man, because you a legend, man. Trying to watch your thing more times, you know. Ah, uh, no, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, King, and always and, and and like I said, man, like just uh, I, I notice. A lot of negative attention that swirls around your name, bro. But just uh, I, I'm I'm glad to be able to have an opportunity to have this conversation with you, so that oh. you can clear up a few things. You know what I'm saying? And if this and now a lot of positives be a, are circling my name now. And any of these people who talk bad about me, listen to the interview, man. Watch this, man. You bloggers, man, stop blogging the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Fake, fake news, man. Fake news. Stop doing that. Breezy money still fighting. Yeah. They say Grease is a cheat code. Okay. We started with three, now there's two amigos. One freed up and forgot about his people. Now he a master scared he gone. For OVO I need a clover just to free me though. I'm here with hillbillies like I'm in a rodeo. I need a bust down just a rolly bro. That diamonds in my pen, it looking like Oreos. We love hip hop.